The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast where your shortcut to being informed. Our weekday podcast is brought to you by Boopa, supporting the health of millions of Australians because life happens. Find out more at boopa.com.au. Good morning, I'm Claire Kimball. And I'm Larissa Moore. It's Tuesday the 19th of May. In your squeeze today, China says it will support an inquiry into the origins of coronavirus. Australian barley exports slapped with an 80% tariff. The data on loneliness in lockdown and record-breaking shoes. This is your squeeze today. Good morning, Claire. It's great to be back. Very nice to hear your voice in one sort of piece. It's good that you've got through the last week. It's sounding a lot better than it was, thank goodness. <laughs> a huge thank you to Kate for filling in for me. What a legend. Yeah, she's great. All right, let's get into it. The World Health Assembly is currently taking place. It's the decision-making body of the 194 member states of the World Health Organization. One of the big decisions that will go to a vote today is whether to move ahead with an independent inquiry into the origins and initial handling of the coronavirus crisis. Overnight, China's President Xi Jinping gave a speech supporting a version of the investigation into the pandemic, Claire. It was a question mark about what China was going to do about this motion going to that World Health Assembly. But Xi Jinping says that it's something that needs to happen, just not quite yet. He wants it to start when it's all over. The motion that is being put to that meeting wants it to start ASAP, and that's something that even the World Health Organization, which will no doubt come under great scrutiny with this inquiry, is happy to support. So there are now 120 member states that support this inquiry. Does that mean it's all going to go ahead? It seems so. I mean, you never really know until it actually happens and a lot can happen uh, in the meantime. Mm -hmm. But the US supports it. Donald Trump actually retweeted an SBS tweet uh, overnight that listed some of the nations that were supporting. Australia's push for an inquiry saying we are with them. Uh, China looks set to back some version of it, so we'll see where that lands. But Australia has also spoken up about the needs for uh, weapons inspector type powers so that we can really get to the bottom of what happened. There's a lot, of course, still to be discussed, but it looks like it's heading in that direction. We'll know more on that tomorrow. China also said that they'll provide US $2 billion over two years towards helping with the COVID-19 response. President Xi also promised that any vaccine developed by his country would be made a global public good. Kate mentioned yesterday about our Trade Minister Simon Birmingham's attempt to get his Chinese counterpart on the phone to talk exports, especially around barley. China's now announced an 80% tariff on Australian barley. What's this going to mean for our farmers? Experts say that pretty much ends our exports into China of barley. It's a market that was worth about $1.5 billion in 2018. That fell to about $600 million last year because of the drought. China maintains that our producers are dumping the commodity on the world market, which means that we're uh, effectively selling it at a price lower overseas and it can be bought for here. Uh, Also, it says that our government is subsidising producers by investing in irrigation. Uh, But both of those things are firmly rejected by our government. Simon Birmingham says that he's very disappointed and he's going to look at what our next steps are. China says the move isn't related to Australia's call for a coronavirus inquiry, but others have made that link. 
A quick look around Australia and the opening of internal borders is an ongoing discussion point. Queensland's Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk has said their borders might remain closed until September, Claire. She was pushing it right out there. She said during a radio interview that certainly we can't expect that Queensland border to be opened anytime soon and she floated the possibility of a September uh, date but said that that will be reviewed in the coming weeks. Uh, Southerners need to be uh, kept at bay in New South Wales. Anyone from Victoria as well thinking about the, heading up to Queensland Queensland for a little domestic holiday anytime soon will need to wait. Tasmania and Western Australia also haven't given a date on when they will open their borders. Something that will fully open soon, though, is New South Wales schools. New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian says they will fully reopen from next Monday. We talk a lot about the impacts of the coronavirus pandemic on the world, our systems, our institutions. The Australian Bureau of Statistics has released data on how we're all dealing with the pandemic in our own living rooms. They've released the results of the third ABS household impacts of COVID-19 survey. It shows we're all a little more lonely and a lot more unhealthy in lockdown, Claire. Yes, and as you say, dealing with it from our living rooms is firmly where we are. A lot more of us are spending a lot more time in front of the television, uh, streaming everything that we can get our <laughs> hands on. Uh, Guilty. Also, yeah, also um, more people are eating the chips and lollies, uh, but people are doing a lot more cooking as well. So I guess that's something good to come out of it. Probably one of the most concerning things, which is why you'll uh, hear our chief medical officers talking about the need to support each other and the focus on mental health is that a lot more people are reporting that they're lonely and have been lonely during this time. A good reminder perhaps to pick up the phone and send a text and check in on someone today. Over the ditch now and polls in New Zealand show Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern is their most popular national leader for a century. Political commentators in New Zealand are calling these extraordinary numbers for extraordinary times. It's a bit of a record, that one. It seems that their Prime Minister, Jacinda Ardern, is getting plaudits from citizens about the way that she's handled that coronavirus crisis. Kiwis went into a very severe lockdown for several weeks and they haven't punished her for that. In fact, it seems that they're really impressed with how she's gone. Uh, her personal rating has surged 20 points in the last survey, uh, hitting almost 60% favourability. Uh, Meanwhile, the National Party leader, Simon Bridges, has well and truly gone backwards. Uh, of course, as we know from our own experience, being the most popular Prime Minister ever isn't necessarily a key to electoral success. You only have to look at what happened to Kevin Rudd. He was Australia's most popular Prime Minister in August 2008, and by the middle of 2010, he was gone. Election day is the only poll that matters, of course. Kiwis will head to the polls for their election on the 19th of September. In business news now, and the 20 potential buyers for Virgin Australia have been whittled down to four highly credentialed parties by Administrator Deloitte. The airline went into voluntary administration last month with debts of nearly $7 billion. There are four who are really in that sort of private equity, private investing space. They now need to submit binding offers by the 12th of June and the administrator from Deloitte really wants the whole process wrapped up by the end of June. So uh, 
there's a lot of quick dealing and uh, negotiation to happen now. When you also look at others in the transport space, uh, not a lot of um, joy to be found there. Emirates is looking at cutting jobs, as is Uber. Emirates are looking at cutting around a third of their workforce, which is around 30,000 jobs. Finishing up today with a bit of sports news, basketball legend Michael Jordan isn't done breaking records. A pair of his shoes worn in 1985 just smashed some auction records, Claire. A pair of Air Jordan 1s, which are highly coveted by collectors, uh, scored at auction 870000 Australian dollars. That's uh, a record. The <laughs> so only much pair money. of shoes that have ever sold for more than that are um, the red shoes from Wizard of Oz. So... Yeah, an incredible record that, of course, um, ties neatly into our uh, subject line today. I've gone for a song that's actually been featured quite a bit on the doco that's doing the rounds at the moment of Michael Jordan, The Last Dance, uh, and it's by a tribe called Quest, and the song lyric is, can I kick it? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You're a big fan of that doco, aren't you? I need to check it out. I'm loving it, really enjoying it. Oh, well, that might be my Tuesday night sorted then. That's the news for today. Keep listening, though. Following straight on, we have a short interview with our podcast partner, RMIT Online. Last week, we talked to RMIT Online CEO Helen Soonis about lifelong learning. This week, we have a quick chat about why upskilling is more important than ever right now, how they've partnered with industry leaders to design their courses, and how those courses can fit in with work and life. Stay listening for that and then we'll be back with you tomorrow. We're joined today by Helen Soonis, the CEO of RMIT Online. Helen previously held senior digital roles at companies like Seek, Lonely Planet, Envato and Etsy. So she knows what she's talking about when it comes to upgrading your skills and being ready to succeed in the workplaces of the future. Helen, welcome to the Squiz Today podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Helen, we've heard that upgrading your skills was an important way to future-proof your income and all the things that come with having a job that you enjoy. With the impact of coronavirus, is this the case now more than ever? Absolutely. Um, It's just been seeing the hundreds of thousands of jobs wiped out with this um, global crisis. It becomes even more important to to grow our capabilities to help us all uh, and business recover from the shock. Um, And look, with board is closed, Australians need to look inward even more than we normally would rather than outward to fill our skills gaps. Um, technology also is an incredible driver of jobs growth. Some research out of Berkeley suggests that every new tech job creates five in other parts of the economy. Wow. Yeah, it's an incredible stat, isn't it? Um, it's a much bigger multiplier effect uh, than other industries, three times bigger. So um, we, we just really see that it's incredibly important that we fill. We have massive skill gaps in tech skills and in a lot of the digital kind of transformation skills in Australia. If we can fill those skill gaps, we've got a really strong path to recovery um, and and we need to upskill to get it. Okay, so if I haven't done much upskilling in recent years, what's a good way to start? Look, our students come from all walks of life um, and all different career backgrounds. It doesn't have to be really daunting to going back to study. We have with our future skills portfolio they are really short courses they're typically six to eight weeks long only about seven hours of learning so they've been designed each week sorry so they've been designed kind of 
fit in around a full-time work schedule. All the webinars, we do have them live so that you can engage live with your industry mentors, but you can also catch up later if you miss it, you know, because life happens. We're designing knowing that we're, we're working with lifelong learners who have sometimes kids, full-time jobs, you know, they, we need to design around the way they can learn. Um, so, so it doesn't have to be as daunting as perhaps you might think a big degree online would be, you mm-hmm. know, start with something smaller and um, it's a great way. By the end of the course, you'll have a new skill. It's not as scary as you might think. RMIT online partners with some of the world's industry leaders to put together your courses. That's pretty unique in the online education space and a really attractive feature. Those companies must see benefits in having more people literate in their programs. I'm so incredibly grateful to the community around RMIT Online. Um, We've worked with industry leaders like Adobe, Salesforce, AWS, realestate.com, Slack. We've got more than 70 industry partners now that have essentially completely partnered with us to build this portfolio out. Um, and, and we've just loved kind of innovating with them. The driver for them um, is, is very much about building the whole digital economy. They see the pain caused by the skill gaps in tech and digital skills. Um, and they really want to um, work with people like us we've got the expertise in in teaching online and they've got just the most obviously incredible R&D and technology knowledge and and together I guess we 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 really think we can make a difference in um in the economy really to to fill these gaps and and make sure that more people have opportunities to be part of you know the future of work and um and where a huge amount of value will be created in the future in Australia some of them even serve as mentors during these programs that's pretty effective to learning i would guess yes it's all of our future skills courses actually are mentored um and and taught by people working at the top of their game in industry they'll they'll present expert webinars and answer answer questions live or in one-on-one feedback sessions on your actual work as you go through the course. Um, We've had MDs from large consulting firms um, mentor on our blockchain courses. We've had uh, mentors uh, end up doing a startup with their with their students. It's an incredible way to get hands-on knowledge and and actually build your networks while you're studying. Well, Helen, thank you so much for joining us on the Squiz Today podcast and talking to us about the opportunities and benefits of a lifelong approach to learning and how RMIT's short courses can fit into that. It's a pleasure. Thanks so much, Larissa. You can visit online.rmit.edu.au forward slash courses to have a look at RMIT's industry leading online courses, some of which can be completed in as little as six weeks. I'll also put that link into your episode notes. This interview was brought to you by our podcast partner, RMIT Online. Until next time. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super. As one of Australia's largest profit-for-member super funds, they have a range of helpful tools, like their My Retirement Planner, which allows you to see how much you'll need for retirement and provides an easy-to-understand plan of how to get there. And better still, it's free for all. Read the PDS and TMD at aware.com.au.